Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. of the Night Report Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. We have a ton of coaching news for the Rutgers football staff. Uh, we have a new, we have two new defensive line coaches, and we have a new coach Ooh. who's going to be coaching linebackers who's been here already. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Let's start with the first of the two new defensive line coaches, Colin Farrell. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how... It's pronounced specifically. It's not the, the Irish actor. It is the uh, assistant head coach and former defensive line coach of Kent State. Uh, he's a New Jersey guy who Richie mm-hmm. talked about yesterday on the pod. So you kind of spoke it into existence. Tell, tell us all about this kid, this guy uh, and what Rutgers is getting in Colin Farrell. Yeah, so New Jersey native, uh, South Jersey guy. Oh, South, I guess, ish. Hamilton, so it's that's South, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I get my geography all mixed up. But uh, yeah, South South Jersey guy, Steinert High School native, Steinert High School Hall of Famer. Um, went out to Kent State for college and uh, played four years there and got a shot in the NFL with the, uh, the Colts for a couple years. After that, he went to the Hun School for a few years and uh, was an assistant coach there. I'm pretty sure everyone knows who the Hun School is. If you don't, it's one of the biggest uh, recruiting, fertile recruiting grounds in the state of New Jersey. Um, <clears throat> most notably, I guess, for Rutgers fans, Jacob Allen, um, Logan Blake, most recently, are both from the Hunt School. But, uh, yeah, after that, he went right into the college ranks, and he's moved up ever since at Kent State. So he started out as a GA in 2015 and uh, was a GA for two years and then ended up just getting promoted to full, full – I'm sorry, he was a GA in 2015, got promoted to full-time assistant in 2016, and just kind of kept moving up the ranks. He got uh, moved around a bit because they shifted to a 3-4. So when you look at his previous coaching experience, he was an outside linebackers coach for a year when they switched with a new DC, only to go back to D-line coach the following year. Um, this past season, he was also promoted to um, assistant head coach slash uh, – I think – yeah, assistant head coach slash uh, defensive line coach. Usually that doesn't mean much. Maybe a few more responsibilities, if that – but most of the time, that's just to kind of give him a paid bump, give him a new title, and keep other schools away from him, which it seems like they did last offseason. But uh, this offseason, they weren't able to do that. And that's he's at Rutgers now. And uh, I think they got a damn good recruiter. This guy, I've been, I've known him for a while, actually, because he, the Kent State always comes to the Rutgers uh, camps every summer. Um, they're one of the few college – I shouldn't say few. There's like 30, 40 colleges that show up. But, uh, yeah, he, they, they come to Rutgers camp every summer, and he's always connecting with recruits. You always hear recruits talking about him. Um, two guys specifically that we've talked about recently, um, Murad Watson, who was a Rutgers offeree recently was committed to Kent state before he flipped to Syracuse and almost flipped to Rutgers at one point too. And then, uh, I can't, I can't remember the other kid's name, Farrell Nagano, Nagano, the Canadian defensive lineman that they just flipped also from Kent state. So it goes to show you, he has a pretty good eye for talent. If power fives are flipping him late. There's not much he could do when you're at a G5 level school like that against a power five level school or power four level school. Um, but no, he's, he's got a great eye for talent and he's developed quite a few, uh, quite a few notable players specifically. Um, I think they, and, and, and 
on top of it all, actually, I didn't even mention this. He survived two coaching staffs or two head coaches. That's always an interesting thing because that means that you obviously bring something to the table for that new head coach because Sean Lewis left for Colorado. They got a new guy and he stayed on board and he got promoted. Actually well. three. He was there under three, Paul right. Haynes as well. So this is his third head coach at Kent state. Goes to show you that he uh, is pretty good at his job. Um, 30 under 30 guy or 35 under 35, whatever the hell those lists are. Um, I think they just kind of extend it five years. They might as well do 40 under 40 at this point. Um, but uh, one of the top recruiters in the Mac, um, great talent developer. I think this is a phenomenal get. Now, that being said, it sounds like he's only going to be coaching a specific unit along that defensive line. Uh, so – Edge rushers, defensive tackles, which one is he going to be coaching? Uh, he's going to be coaching the interior, it sounds like. So something to keep an eye on. Interesting. Um, a tasty little nugget there. So uh, Kent State had one of the top uh, group of five interior defensive tackles uh, mm -hmm. in football this past year in CJ West. <clears throat> PFF had him ranked as their 13th overall interior lineman <clears throat> out of, you know, I think close to 800 qualifiers. Uh, he had, uh, he's, he's got seven sacks in his career. He had his most sacks in 2021 with five. He had two this past year. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got an 86 or he's 85.9 grade. He's got one year of eligibility left. He's not in the portal, but this is a kid who I yes. think we should be on the lookout for. Uh, if he does enter the portal to end up at Rutgers, fills, you'd fill a need. I know we picked up a tackle already, but I, I really think we could use two. So this is a guy to keep an eye out for, C.J. West, uh, defensive tackle. He also went to high school at <clears throat> Nazareth Academy. And if that sounds familiar, that is where um, Ryan Keeler, the former Rutgers recruit who sadly passed away, uh, last year, but he went to high school with Ryan Keeler. So Rutgers probably saw him as a high school recruit as well. Mm -hmm. So even more reason why Rutgers might be in on this kid if he does decide to transfer now that his line coach is no longer there. I'd assume he's a graduate, so he can probably enter whenever, technically. Yep. Yeah, so he's this he, this past year was his fourth year in college. Um, obviously, the, the COVID year doesn't count, so he has one year of eligibility left. So okay. keep on the I'm lookout also, there. I'm also looking at some of their current commits. Um, there's a 2024 defensive tackle from Plainfield High School. I don't know if they'll show interest in it, but um, you never know. Um, the connections are there. New Jersey native. Um, they, they, they get a lot of guys from Jersey just because of specifically because of uh, <clears throat> Colin Farrell. They had a running back last year. They had an athlete last year. Um, just looking through the list. Uh, De Devin Cardman, the quarterback uh, from oh, Camden yeah. a couple yep. years ago. So, so they, they do land quite a few uh, Jersey guys. So it's uh, definitely something to keep a close eye on because I'm, I'm thinking if I counted correctly, that's five or six from Jersey over the past two recruiting classes. So something to, to watch. Yeah, be on the lookout for that because uh, there might be some more movement uh, recruiting-wise with players. Mm -hmm. um, another line coach, though, has been hired. So we, we've talked about the defensive uh, tackle coach. Let's talk about the edge rushers coach. Who's this? Who's this guy? Where did he come from? Let's get a little bit of his bio. All right, I got I got to pull it up real quick. I had it all on my phone. Um, Julian uh, Campeni. He is the also the assistant head coach at his program. He's also the defensive run coordinator and D line coach over at uh, Bowling Green. So Rutgers is getting a little bit of Maction flavor this uh, this off season, <laughs> which I'm all about. I love the Maction. A nice little Thursday night football game between two mid schools. Oh, you gotta love it. Oh yeah. Uh, um, but. Uh, He's interesting. So I, I really, <clears throat> I've asked around. Uh, no one knows yet. I know it's 
it's tough to get an answer sometimes because uh, Greg has been on the road all week recruiting, um, checking in with coaches, blah, 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 all, all the normal, typical January stuff. <clears throat> so I can't find a specific connection at the moment to Rutgers or anyone on staff. That being said, this guy's been in the Northeast, Northeast for a majority of his life. Um, Wyoming area high school in Pennsylvania uh, alum. Uh, UConn. Played, fo- played football at UConn, made the league after that, and then also coached at Boston College. So he's got the whole, basically, four out of the five big schools in the Northeast. Um, he's, pro- he's probably just missing Rutgers and Syracuse. That's really it. Um, he's uh, he's he's done an intern at the Bill Walsh uh, Diversity Coaching Fellowship. He was there with the Packers last summer. Um, so he's got a little bit of NFL experience. Another guy who's been on staff at Bowling Green for quite some time. He's been there for five years. He's gotten promoted um, multiple times. He got promoted to D-run coordinator in 2022, assistant head coach in 2023. So, again, those are notable things because that means someone more more than likely tried to poach him and wasn't successful. Um, yeah, he's just I, – I don't really have a whole lot on him, but he does a – he does have some interesting uh, background. Bowling Green led the nation with 28 turnovers this past season. They were in a bowl game, so that's always notable. Um, um, another interesting nugget there. So Michigan had four, had five turnovers on the entire season in 2023. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Four of those turnovers were against Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. It's just a stupid stat that it was, yeah. it's going to be one of those things that, you know, you appear in Fair that enough. bar trivia. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, Carl Brooks, he had drafted by the Packers in 2023. Uh, he was a first-team All-American, according to PFF. I know some of you hate PFF. Some of you love it. Um, it's, it's still notable, nonetheless. Like, yep. To have a first-team All-American at, at Bowling Green. <laughs> like, um, he's yep. young, too. He's, he's very, very young. I think, you, uh, I think you told us or told me before the pod he's only 30, I think. Yeah, he's only 30. Um, Carl Brooks also, as a six-round pick, he made a pretty big impact on that. Packers defensive line. Oh, yeah. He had four sacks as a rookie, which, especially for an interior guy, that's no joke. Someone that hasn't started either. That's yeah. the most impressive part. Like you're doing this as a rotational player, so yep. Um, straight up edge rusher, which I shouldn't say edge, but um, he this guy's going to coach the edge uh, edge rushing unit, defensive ends, whatever you want to call it. Everyone has a different stupid name for it. Some people call it whatever. Um, but yeah, no. This is this seems like a, a decent get. I don't really know a whole lot about him, but it's uh, it's definitely interesting. I'm still trying to figure out what this connection is because there's Greg almost always has a connection to this to his staff. Like even Mark Orphy really didn't have a connection, but he knew Chase Dodd. Chase Dodd dad he coached underneath him, and Chase Dodd dad talked to Greg and blah 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 and et cetera et cetera. So I'm sure that's going to trickle out eventually. But it's definitely interesting and something to uh, to keep an eye on. I thought this was a decent hire, though. Yeah, like you were saying, uh, Brooks last year finished as PFF's number one overall graded edge rusher. Um, he had 69 pressures, nice, um, for Bowling Green last year. Uh, and he had he had more pressures last year than Will Anderson, who went number three in the draft. So this guy knows how to coach him up. Um, mm-hmm. An interesting quirk as well, both Farrell and Campeni uh, both uh, had a cup of coffee in the NFL for the, the Indianapolis yeah. Colts. Uh, Farrell played, weird, yeah, but... Farrell played for them in 2008, whereas Campeni played for them in 2015. I don't think either of them made it out of camp, but uh, an interesting little nugget too that both of them uh, did, you know, have a cup of coffee in the NFL. So it always helps to to have that in your bag when you're recruiting. 
Yeah, I, I, I want to say this about the two guys. Um, number one, like Bowling Green had a top 25 total defense last year. That's huge. I'm not going to say it's all him, but I'm, I'm saying the run game coordinator slash defensive line coach obviously played a factor. They also had a – they made the quick lane bowl. I don't know if they won it. Um, they might have based on what I'm looking at. But they also had 28 takeaways, which was tied for number one in the country. They had one takeaway in 14 straight games. You mentioned a four against Michigan, which is pff, huge in its own right. Crazy. Um, that's that's national championship, Michigan. Like if you guys don't remember, um, that's a huge mm-hmm. stat. Like, yep. not even Bama could do that. Not even uh, Washington could do that, or whoever else. Um, so I I do think he he's more of the. I'm gonna go with Camp. I don't know much about his recruiting, but I think Camp Penny's more of the uh, developmental hire. And don't get me wrong, it's not a knock on Farrell. Farrell's a pretty a pretty good develop. Uh, talent developer too and has a good eye for talent but i think and i might be going out on a ledge a little bit here but i'm i'm willing to do it colin farrell is probably going to be one of the better if not the best recruiter on this team i think he's very similar to what you got in uh marquise watson i think he's a great guy he knows jersey more than anyone he's been through jersey if you take away marquise watson's sec experience which was what two years at a Ole Miss, they have very mm. similar resumes, um, except actually Farrell spent more time at the lower or G5 level, whereas Marquise was at Bryant, so it's a little bit lower level. But I do think both of these make are very similar style coaches, very similar style recruiters, and they both have a ton of connections throughout the state. So I, I really think this guy, Colin Farrell, is going to be a huge addition for Rutgers in terms of recruiting, and I think people aren't talking about it enough. Uh, I know it just happened, obviously, so. We'll happens, but, um, I know there was some hate when we put it on, put them on our hot board and people were like, Oh, what are we doing? G five. Like, no, what are we doing? Like, dude, it's okay to do that. Like Marquise yep. Watson came from G five. He was great. Phenomenal. Demir Shaw. We came from, he came from Ole Miss. Well, yeah. so. uh, Demir Shaw is one of your better recruiters. Where'd he come from? Fucking Fordham. Like, yeah. Yep. No, no knock on Fordham, but like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that it, you got to move up eventually and that's just how it works. So, um, I think he's going to be a great recruiter. I think he's going to be a stud recruiter, and I think we're going to be talking about him for the next year and change. Yeah, excited by these hires. Uh, both young coaches, too. Both of them are in their, in their 30s, so it's it's always helps to be able to connect <clears throat> with recruits when you're closer in age, obviously. Yeah. Um, I love seeing Greg being able to adapt, too, and just kind of going like, you know, got rid of the special teams quarter, and fuck that, we don't need that. Get off the field. Yeah, um, yep. Well, I mean, they have one, technically, but he's not – an official on the field coach. And then he's like, linebackers, mm, screw it. I need two D line coaches. Cause I need more recruiters. Like he's willing to adjust. Yeah. So you mentioned linebackers. We, we hired two full-time uh, defensive line coaches. So, so what's going to happen mm. with the linebacker coach? That's got to be going to somebody, right? <clears throat> yeah. So uh, Joe Harris, Simiak is going to take over that room. It's not a super shock there. Um, the guy has coached like what every level of the defense. He is the defensive coordinator, yep. so you would hope he knows every level of the defense. Um, but then, yeah, now he's going to take over linebackers. He was technically just listed as DC last year, but I've been told that he was the main Nichols coach um, last season. So okay. obviously, they're going to shift the Nichols to one of the DB coaches, um, and he'll shift the full time linebackers. So if you see a bump in the linebackers, you know why. Um, but uh, I mean, it's the same <laughs> linebacker core as last year, so. It should be relatively similar, but yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. Most DCs uh, have linebacker coaches in their title, or um, there's an occasional random one that will say D-line coach, but the majority 
of power five DCs have linebacker coaches in their title. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. When he was at Maine, when he was the defensive coordinator, he was also the linebackers coach before he was elevated to head coach. So this mm-hmm. is something he's done before the double duties. Um, and he was very close with Joe Heather or Corey Heatherman. So he knows exactly what he wanted out of his linebackers. And so, uh, I think this is a strong shifting of the staff. And I, I do think we'll see an increased output in defensive line pressures and sacks and tackles for loss with this experienced group and also, uh, double the coaching now yeah uh, i find it so- interesting because like those two Jarrett uh kite and uh charlie noonan they're both great great coaches they're both on the road recruiting like i'm intrigued to see how that one's going to work out um because you, i mean you still have that one open spot in terms of on the road because flarity doesn't really go on the road mm-hmm. so you could just rotate noonan flarity or not noonan um i'm sorry noonan valone and just kind of rotate that last spot and it's something a little unique, but it's definitely, uh, again, this is Greg being open to change, and this is not something that uh, Greg was willing to do in the past. It seems like Greg, uh, I think he'll admit it too. His 1.0 era, he was he was a little stubborn. Now he's he's very open to changing stuff and making uh, adjustments. Yeah, definitely. Um, this has been a collection of staff. Uh, the organization of the staff is definitely different than any I can remember at Rutgers, so um be, I'm excited to see how things shake out. Uh, very excited for the season. Excited for these hires. Is there anything? I know we recorded yesterday. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on before Damn, we, we head did. out today? We did record yesterday. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> it's my brain is mush. Um, no, I think that's really it. Uh, we we did have uh, we had this news on our boards for at least Campenny for uh, before anyone else. That was cool. Yeah, you uh, beat up Pete Thamel on this one. Yeah, that's that's a that's a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> I just he's 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 uh he's the Adrian Wojnarowski of uh college football. Like it's mm-hmm. it's nice when you beat out that guy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Now um, other than that, like we we kind of knew Colin Farrell. We had him on our board. He was number one on our board. We literally the, talked about him yesterday. Yeah, during like, our pod. I'm not crazy. He was the like, only coach <laughs> you mentioned. Yeah. So if you guys don't believe me, like I'm, I like to think my sources are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, other than that, um. I would just say, uh, I know because there's going to be a lot of questions about it. I'm not going to touch on it too much, but I would just say uh, keep Marquise Watson in your prayers. He's, he's still on the road to recovery. Um, he's, he still talks to the staff. They still visit him quite a bit, obviously. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think eventually he's going to get back into coaching. I don't know when or what that timeline looks like, but um, just keep him in your prayers and uh, hopefully he recovers quickly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, seems like one of the, the, the better guys on the staff, not that anybody's a bad guy on the staff, but it seemed oh, yeah, like the, the kids really connected with, with uh, Watson. And yeah. it was unfortunate that, uh, you know, health issues kept him from coaching this year. Yeah. Um, uh, great guy. I did have one thing I wanted to say real quick. Uh, night oh, and day. If go. you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't, uh, you guys haven't bought any apparel from night and day. They're just like the best. They're not even paying us for this. We're not, they're not a you know sponsor. They have this like bomber jacket. They just released which is one of like the cooler Rutgers items I've seen in a while. It's got like the block lettering on the back. Uh, they have a deal for it right now, 25% off until Friday, I believe. Um, it's just night and day apparel search for them. Uh, this is one of the, the cooler things they put on their site. Um, and yeah, we also have a, a discount code, I think through rivals, uh, right? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think it's just Rutgers rivals, I believe. Um, yeah. 
I'm not sure if that's going to be a double code thing because, like, I know that's already got a code for it. I think you said 25% or something. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a it's a flash sale. So uh, gotcha. if you if you have used their site before, um, you know you know where to find it. But if you haven't already, I think it's just nightanddayapparel.com. Uh, you also could just do a Google search for it. But this yeah. is such a cool thing. I felt like I had to, to talk about it on here. Um, no, perfectly fine. There's also some Rutgers Rivals gear on there. If you haven't seen, mm-hmm. we got a, a new shirt that just popped up. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm gonna you know I'm gonna flex <laughs> a little bit here. Yeah, so Rutgers Rivals sh- should get you a ten percent discount. Um, assuming nice, uh, eighteen sixty nine Natty Champs, you know. Oh, threw, that's just, sick! Just threw that bad boy up there. Um, we also got uh, Pound and Nails, Trapezoid of Terror. Uh, we like Pike. Uh, my personal favorite, and I, I can't gotta brag a little bit about this one. Genius move on my part. <laughs> um, the Night Call. That's great. That's always cool. But uh, yeah, if you just go here, obviously Flash Sale ends twenty six, twenty five percent off the jacket. There's all kinds of stuff on here. Um, I do have to shout these guys out because they're the best. And they're New Jersey uh, through and through. They're from, they're operating at a Highland Park, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, yeah, definitely check them out. They have all kinds of cool stuff. Um, yeah, that's really it. All right, everybody. Thanks once again for listening. Uh, there will be more about this that's posted on the boards, I'm sure. But until next time, this has been another edition of the Nerd Report Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.